0: So let's uh, turn to the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4. We'll just read uh, verse 17 uh, through 31. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not. As other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speak to Every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Indeed, what the psalmist wrote so many hundreds of years ago, that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Pray, Lord, it would do his work in each one of us to equip us, to mature us to cleanse us, to purify us, to strengthen us, Lord, all these things that you have given your word for and that the living Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, Lord, we, we look to you, we want to be more than we are, we want to see you moving in the midst, Lord, grant us grace to walk in your way, to walk in love towards others, Lord, towards those we may have a quarrel with, that we can lay that down. Lord, that we'd have hearts that would look for the good in others instead of uh, faults. Lord, we we look to you. We don't want to be lifted up with pride and with self-assurance. And Lord, if we... Come into more that we have, Lord, you could grant us uh, grace and humility, Lord, and that we'd always be on guard against these things that we heard, Father. We, we look to you, Lord, fill our hearts with faith, uh, and that we might have ears to hear and eyes to see. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the last time we uh, we looked at verses uh, seven through uh, sixteen. to every one of us grace is given but there through the work of Christ his ascension or his descension first to the earth becoming a man uh, living uh, as God would live a sinless life even with all its temptations and uh, difficulties and the opposition of the prince of darkness he won the victory and he ascended again and he in that ascension he gave gifts to men and he gifted uh, 13 apostles I don't know how you slice that but uh, it seems that that was the case I doubt the appointing of Matthias was a foible Uh, How that all works, I don't know. When you seem to have in the Holy City, you have uh, 12 apostles, uh, being that of the tribes of the nation, Uh, but all that aside, it would seem that God gave um, gifts to men who were gifted with all the gifts of the Spirit, and some of them had what we would call writing gifts. They were prophets in the sense that they wrote the scripture down. And half the New Testament comes from one man, and that's uh, Paul, and the rest from those that would be either apostles or closely uh, linked with them. And we know that the apostles were the foundation of the church, the apostles and prophets. Those that were New Testament prophets were the foundation of the church. We know that from Ephesians and from other books. That the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. I believe those are New Testament prophets. Uh, The church is built upon those uh, men. So he gave gifts to men for the edification of the church, evangelists and teachers, pastors and teachers. And as it was pointed out, these are not um, men that were just up front and there was a performance based thing. It was to equip the people that they might do uh, the work of the ministry and that is the that is the vision, that is the um, God's plan for his church. It isn't a spectator sport, and yet we can we can get into that mentality. Well, Brother So-and-so is appointed to preach this morning, so I can just be doing other things. <laughs> and it's very natural. Um, I mean, I have that challenge myself. Uh, I'm not preaching next week, and you just can become um, lax. How other, uh, I'll call, I'll call that of myself, of lax, and not seeking God as if I was um, going to be called upon to give a word, <clears throat> to be filled with all the fullness of God. And one of the uh, pitfalls of our culture is. just rest and relaxation and it it creeps into our lives It just and we have so many demands that uh, we can let go of the Word of God so each one of us is um, to become like Jesus Christ in every way It says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The individual and the individual makes up the body. So if you have weak parts, then we have a weak church. It's, we can help one another along. You know, you, you hurt your leg or you are weak in this area, you can see it be healed and strengthened and move along. But all of us um, contribute to the, either the health or the the lack thereof uh, of the church. <clears throat> and the second job of the apostles was to uh, Cause the church to grow up. Uh, at one part of the scripture, the Lord points out that the children are a picture of the kingdom of God. They are innocent, they are believing, they are um, gentle, and they are weak. All of those things are um, qualities of a child of God. <clears throat> But Paul points out here one of the undesirable qualities of children is that they are gullible and they lack experience and they can be easily deceived. And he says in verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children. <clears throat> children will believe anything you tell them. Their, their parents may be warped, they may be in some false religion, and they can tell their children... Uh, all kinds of things that are not true, and they will believe them. And that's just the nature of children. Um, And Paul points that out here. We don't want to be like that quality of children, uh, ignorant and uh, gullible. It says, carried with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We don't want to be like that anymore. We want to to be mature. We don't want to be critical fault finders, but we want to spot things that are not true and to deal with those if they are in need of dealing with. We don't want to be tossed. This person comes along and that person. And in the first century, there were traveling preachers. And the church would receive them and uh, even give them a place. Usually they'd come with letters, and if they didn't have letters, they would be known. And, um, and they would go into churches. We see that in the New Testament. Um, and then you would give them a hearing, and then if they brought some other kind of doctrine... Uh, Usually it was about Christ. If they erred, then they would be rejected. Um, Don't bid them into your house, uh, lest you uh, be a partaker of their sins, to come in and to spread something false and thus uh, undermine the church. And there were many people like that in the first century. And certainly... That is not a less problem today. It is uh, a greater problem. And therefore, we are enjoined to... um, Yeah, be mature. To grow up, to know the Word of God, each one of us. And to be able to spot error. Uh, Years ago, now... I'm getting older and older. It could be uh, over 30 years ago. A friend of mine, I could say, uh, he'd gone to southern Ireland and he was preaching the gospel in some town. And he... uh, Let's say he won a man to Christ. And he was very zealous for God. He suffered much persecutions and was cast out of his community lost his job i mean he was going through many of the things spoken of in the new testament and through the course of time there was very little fellowship um, i don't know all of the the details there is a church there now incidentally and i don't know where the man is today but all i know is that he got a hold of some Tapes, and I mean tapes, cassette tapes, and they're not. Nobody. I think I have some in my house, I just don't have anything to play them. And he got a hold of some tapes of some preacher in America. And that was his diet. He knew nothing of this man. He was a child, you could say, in doctrine. And. I don't even know the name of this man. All I knew is that when the man who won him to Christ came back, this man had been overthrown in some heresy and did not receive him anymore. To which he wept greatly. And this is in a situation where he doesn't have the internet. He somehow, someone, I guess, gave him a tape. He got a hold of the address and he... Kept sending for more and more tapes. And eventually he imbibed some kind of false doctrine. And he was overthrown. I don't know where he is today. I don't know. I hope that he did repent of that. And was instructed properly. But there are more false teachers in the Christian church than there are true ones. It's just the devil has far more emissaries. And I say Christendom, I mean all that's called Christendom. And that is the, uh, unfortunately, the case. The devil works by that. He worked in the days of Paul when Paul was the watchman for the church. And if he worked then, he's at work now. And again, I would say beware of listening to people that you don't know. And I mean know personally. Um, or somebody knows them that you know could vouch for them. Like we trust Victor to vouch for so-and-so brother. He's going to know the man as much as he could know him. And that is the context of the New Testament. Um, there is no such thing as listening on a tape To somebody you didn't know. That just didn't exist. And I suggest and would uh, point out that that is still the case today. Uh, Know them which labor among you. It isn't that I'm special or anybody here is special. It's that you can know them. You can know their lives. You can know how they are with their families and their friends. How they deal with money. All kinds of things. You can know. And that is the context of the New Testament for knowing someone that is a teacher in the church. And if you don't have that, you can click a button and hear somebody. That is an unnatural thing, which I suggest we let go. We don't, and we don't need that. There is enough um, of those that listen to brothers from Salem. There's many messages from years gone by. Listen to Martin. Listen to, um, you know, I don't know if Brother Jake records. Listen to people that you know and have a good standing and testimony. And there is many faithful preachers out there, even on the Internet. There is, I'm not denying that. Um, but I believe it's unnatural. And then you can um, develop. As it were, you can get the, the bent of somebody else and you're not getting, a, I would say, a healthy diet. I listened to hundreds of hours of one preacher. <laughs> um, yeah, way outstripping anybody that I'd ever listened to. And I believe he's a, still a faithful man today. But um, I just don't believe it's, it's the way that it's presented in the New Testament. And we best stay with what is presented in the scripture as the best rather than, you now, if somebody is living in Bula Bula land and they got no way of uh, having Christian teaching other than that, so be it. But we are not in that place. And this is the way that God has ordained it. So that we can grow up and recognize what's true and what is false. <clears throat> speaking the truth in love, Martin pointed out, it's, it's not lambasting somebody uh, with what you think is a good attitude. But speaking all, the God, all that God has given his church in love. That we might grow up, all of us, everyone. There, you can't stay a child even though you'd like to. Uh, The lack of responsibility, as it were, of children, uh, the ignorance is bliss. But you have to grow up. and uh, You can't stay a child. You must grow up, even uh, unto the head. Grow up and be like him. And that's who we want to be like, not like brother so-and-so, but like Christ Jesus. In our attitudes, our actions, our desires, everything, that the whole body would be healthy, compacted together. Um, Again, we're rubbing shoulders with one another and we're operating as uh, a body. Every blood vessel, as it were, nothing that is superfluous. There isn't some addendum that we don't need. Every part of your body is useful. Your fingernails, everything God has made. Your eyebrows, some for beauty, some for function. But it's all, um, yeah, to have a healthy and a beautiful body. God has made it that way. And uh, every one of us is needed. Every one of us. So if one is down, then in some way the body is hindered. If one isn't strong, in some way the body isn't hindered. And I think Martin said last time that there isn't anyone that's, that isn't needed. Uh, the quietest to the most loud mouth, <laughs> and that's in a good way, uh, is uh, indispensable In the body of Christ. So don't let the devil come along. And whisper saying. uh, You're insignificant. You have a part to play. We all want to be. uh, Mature. We all want to be. um, Like Christ Jesus. That the body may increase. Increase and edify itself in love, building up one another. And we've heard that for many years now. What part do you have to play as you go to God in prayer, as you raise your families, as you work, whatever it might be? Um, We are to excel in the edifying uh, of the church. Moving on to verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Now we know that the church was Jew and Gentile. Um, That part of the world was many Gentiles. The Ephesian church and those around that area would have been gentiles predominantly and that's why he addresses it like like he does Um, not as other gentiles walk now the jews were already used to being separate they were a separate people they uh, or at least they were supposed to be Um, they mingled with the nations and that was their downfall but they were supposed to be a separate people. In their diet, in their dress, in their daily attitudes and actions, they were to be uh, holy people. <clears throat> but that wasn't the Gentile world. They were full of idolatry. Centuries of it. Your father's father, father, all the way, like, just a whole string of nothing but idolatry for hundreds of years imagine a culture like that. There is cultures like that. You can go there and experience them. But that's the way it was. And with that comes um, uncleanness. Anything in the world that's good has come in some way, shape, or form through um, the influence of Christianity and the truth. Even in ungodly cultures, they have marriage They know what's right and wrong. They, to some degree. But um, for the most part, Paul exhorts them not to walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. And people, and if that was true then, how much more is it true now? the things that people can get excited about, sports and all kinds of useless things. Really, when at the end of the day, who cares if the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup? It has zero consequence for the kingdom of God. In fact, all it can do is detract from it. The level of... Devotion and idolatry in sports is, they're the best paid in our society. That tells you something. Even a couple generations ago, my uncle was a professional hockey player. He had to work in the off-season because he just didn't make enough money. Now these guys are paid so much that they're buying the teams in the end. Multi, multi multi-millionaires. That tells you something about our culture has devoted themselves to meaningless things. Now, I've played hockey, I enjoy sports, but it has to be intemperance. And it's become... Yeah, people are fans. Do you know what fans is a short form of? Fanatic. Yeah. You want to be a fanatic about one person. That's Jesus, not about some soccer team or some this or that. We can enjoy, I can enjoy watching a game. But play the game yourself. Cricket, I've come to appreciate it because my friend loves it, but I wouldn't naturally be drawn to cricket. It's just too long and drawn out. I'm not playing cricket for three days. It's just too much. My attention span is too little, and I'd be tired. Um, But all kidding aside... Let's keep things in perspective. That's just one thing. One thing. And there are hundreds and thousands of distractions. Um, And I don't have to tell you where you can find those, but they are at our fingertips. Useless things, not necessarily sinful things. I don't believe playing hockey is sinful. But it has no bearing on the kingdom of God. And if I could sit down and watch a hockey game, I don't. But I could and not, um, yeah, be sinning. But if I'm watching a hockey game when I should be praying and reading my Bible, then I have, yeah. It's, it's something that just takes up your time that you don't need to take up your time. You could be doing some better thing. <clears throat> These are vain things in the vanity of their mind, and the world is filled with them. Filled with vain things. Um, things that are of no consequence for the kingdom of God. <clears throat> And again, they don't have to be sinful things. It can just be vain things. Things that are mostly entertainments and uh, sports, whether you play them yourself, you don't even have to watch them. Um, I'll pick on my favorite fishing. I love fishing. <laughs> I know Martin does not. Um, but I'd stand out in the freezing cold, my hands just barely able to tie on the hook to catch a fish. And I did that for many, many years, devoted much of my life, every weekend. And twice a year, I'd go away on a trip. And I, yeah, it took up a lot of time. And it's that kind of thing. It's, in the end, it's just vain. I don't know how to describe it. It's empty. It's, uh, but things that are not vain. What are things that are not vain? Reading the scripture. I never get up from reading the Bible and say, oh, that was useless. That was vain. That was empty. I never come away from a prayer meeting thing that was a waste of time. But I could watch one movie and think, what a complete waste of time. Never come away from a prayer meeting. Never come away from a church fellowship. But many thousands of things are vain. The vanity of their minds. People that come into and that talk about, oh, the things that I just are so vain. And we ought to withdraw from those things to things we know have value. And are lasting, the building up of yourself and the church of God in the truth. So that you can war, train yourself to war against the devil and against uh, things that are false, things that are vain. You don't have to be unkind to somebody else. If they sat down and watched a hockey game or whatever, or Yeah, pick on... They went fishing. Some of these things are just recreation that we would... We've done them as a a congregation, but we want to hold those things in temperance. So Paul exhorts the church not to walk as others in the vanity of their minds. Then he goes on to say, having the understanding... Darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, <clears throat> who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. <clears throat> he gets to the reason for the vanity of their minds right there it's the the blindness uh, of their hearts because of people's rejection of Christ rejection of the scriptures rejection of the truth of God their hearts remain blinded their um blinded in their hearts. They cannot uh, see. And therefore, that creates ignorance. They're ignorant of God. They don't know the truth of God. They don't know the beauty of God. And then they are alienated from the life of God and their understanding becomes dark. And they are smart people. They say smart, they're smarter than me. They have high IQs. I sat with Stephen at Susanna's wedding and he said he's an average IQ. 146, I think he said. Yeah, your brother. I think he said that. No? Higher than that? Oh, That is funny. I thought you'd say 20 points higher. He did say he was, the. I'll quote him, the dumbest in the family. (laughs) He said that. I didn't say it. Um, I thought, where does that leave me? (laughs) Because I know I am not smarter than Stephen. I had to laugh. Um, So it isn't uh, a matter of one's intelligence... When you're darkened in your understanding, it has nothing to do with your IQ. Um, I just saw a little advertisement. If you can do this Sudoku puzzle, you have an IQ of 246. I don't even know what that means, but all I know is that I didn't even try and do the puzzle. Because <laughs> I know I don't have that IQ. Um, But we're not talking about intellectual, um, if I could say, horsepower. A child can recognize the truth. And that's who we want to emulate. We don't want to be like children in gullibility, but we want to be like children in humility and in receiving the truth. Think of those children in the temple that cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Just crying out. They, their, their dad told them, this is the Messiah. Wow! They were excited. Not like the adults, some of them. Yeah. The children were further ahead than some of these others. It isn't about intellectual horsepower or capacity. It's about a heart that is... Open. that's not blind and is not ignorant and is not alienated from the life of God. And there is a descent, you can see it. There it starts with their understanding is darkened, they're alienated from God, the life of God in Christ Jesus. They become more and more ignorant and they become blind, as it were, like the man who is slowly losing his sight. It would be a terrible thing when you think about it. If you could one day, see one day and then slowly, there have been people like that, become blind. And that's the spiritual condition of many in our society. <clears throat> so much so that people don't even know what a woman or a man is anymore. And some of the horrific things that are going on in that realm, I won't even want to speak of them. But that's where our society is at. To go into a public place and to say, in the beginning God made them male and female, just quoting Jesus or quoting Genesis, whichever the case may be, would get you in hot water with a bunch of people. How can you make that statement? And it would just shows you the level... Of ignorance, and even in my uh, short life i didn 't even imagine it could come i hadn 't even thought of that kind of level of ignorance, or in in this case, I think it is denial it isn 't just it's willful denial of the truth <clears throat> and when you do that long enough, what happens? you become. As verse 19 says, who being past feeling. Um, And it alludes to um, callous. Everyone knows what a callous is. You get them on your feet, you get them on your hands, you work really hard, and uh, it's really a, a benefit in some ways, but what it's alluding to is you can't feel anymore. And leprosy is a disease that affects the feeling in people's extremities. And what happens is they wear off their fingers, they wear off their nose, and uh, they injure themselves, and they'll have their hand on a hot stove and they can't feel it. And they burn themselves and maim themselves, and and the disease progresses, and terrible disfigurement. And that's the way people's souls get. They become so detached from the truth, so warped in their thinking, that they uh, become past feeling. And the further people get from God, they they give themselves over to lasciviousness. <clears throat> Turn to Romans chapter one. We see uh, the declension of our of our society. I say our society, but it was Paul's society then. But it's the same today. <clears throat> I think I heard, I read a letter that some men, some faithful men, no reason to think otherwise, uh, wrote to the prime minister. <clears throat> Calling him back to... And then they pointed out that on the bell tower in Ottawa is engraved this scripture. I said, a scripture? How far? Kiss the sun lest he be angry and you be destroyed in the way is engraved in the bell tower in Ottawa. I said, really? I just, I mean, we're so far removed from that in the public square. And they just pointed out this Men in this, politicians in our country had that engraved in the bell tower in Ottawa. And how that people are embarrassed about Christ today. The Bible is cast out. And wickedness is taking its place. That's just the way it is. And that was the case in um, the Roman world. But we're post-Christian. We have cast out the Bible. The Roman world hadn't had it. So we're actually further behind. Let's read um, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain. Notice the allusion to what we've been reading there. Became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened the declension the decline people's hearts become dark professing themselves to be wise they became fools wow how much does that speak to our generation men that are thinking that are can make incredible things can't figure out the basics or they reject the basics <clears throat> And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made into corruptible man, to birds, into four-footed beasts, into creeping things. Idolatry people make idols. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. Nothing has changed. So they reject God. They have the truth of God. And they reject it. It isn't a matter of people's lack of understanding. There is enough. A child can understand the truth. So when you meet someone that doesn't understand, most of the time, it's They have a hard heart of, of unbelief. <clears throat> for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use for that which is against nature, homosexuality. And likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving and that recompense of their error, which was meet. Um, yeah, diseases. I'll we'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> and even as they did not retain God in their, in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Brings us to our text um, Immorality. Now it's rife in our society, it's accepted, people don't think it's wrong. Um, and it's normal. That's a society that has rejected. There used to be shame. You would hide those kind of things. You wouldn't tell anybody. But now that's normal. People that can't recognize beauty. When I married off my daughters, it was a beautiful thing. When I saw Susanna's wedding, they kept themselves pure. What a beautiful thing. And if you can't recognize that, then you're being corrupted. That is beauty. A beautiful thing. So many holy women and men keeping themselves. God's a redeemer, but keeping themselves pure. Pure. And if you don't retain God in your knowledge, He gives them up. He lets them go. <clears throat> How many have walked a dog that just wants to sniff every pole and everything? Just bowl in the back, and if you let them go, it's poo. That's what people are like. They're like dogs, just sniffing every evil thing. But they're restrained for some reason or another. And when the culture lets them go, all kinds of evil things <clears throat> filled with all unrighteousness fornication, wickedness, covetous maliciousness, full of envy and murder, debate, deceit malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God despiteful, proud, boasters inventors of evil things disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affliction implacable unmerciful Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do it. They'll watch a movie about murder and adultery and deceit. But wouldn't think of doing that myself. But you'd be entertained by it. It's evil. Put it away. Just you can just shut it off. Cast it in the garbage whatever you need to do to cut that off if that's something that you're tempted by <clears throat> thank god i've been given an aversion to some of those things just yeah just cast watch yourself when you're on your cell phone for evil things that come up just every day it's like being on the table saw with no guard it's i just I I shudder when someone else on the table saw. (laughs) I do. I just, I'm looking and they feel me looking. And I'm thinking, you're not using a push stick. I'm just really afraid and I'm making them nervous. And that's just how I am. Uh, A cell phone is more dangerous than that. If you need to, get a clamshell. If you're wasting time or you're uh, tempted with evil things. Don't give the devil a foothold, a gateway into your life. If you're tempted, it's a tool. You can use it safely. Make sure you've got guards on. Make sure you don't, you're not tempted ever to stick your hand into the blade. You're just never tempted to do that. Uh, look at it for evil things. You're just never going to ever stick your hand into the blade. But you can inadvertently do so if you're not careful and you're not uh, watchful. Turn back to Ephesians. Now we get to the the good part. But you have not so learned Christ. That's our society. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, <clears throat> so this is pretty simple the Christian life <clears throat> believe the gospel we all yeah, all familiar with that <clears throat> and then it tells you to do two things to put off and to put on that's basically verse twenty two to the end of even into chapter. Well it really it goes down to chapter six <clears throat> put off this and put on that it's uh, that's a really simple um, exhortation there <clears throat> we are to uh, follow in the way of holiness one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. Turn to Isaiah chapter 35. This is, this was the truth, both prophesied, was the truth for every generation, and is still the truth today. Speaking of The Messiah, when he comes, he's going to open the eyes of the blind and he's going to open the ears of the deaf. He's going to heal the dumb man and the lame man. And then down in verse 8. And a highway shall be there in the way of Messiah. The way of faith, the way of trusting in Christ. A highway shall be there. And a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, and no ravenous beast shall go thereon, and it shall be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Obviously, not a literal highway, but it's a way of holiness. And that is the way of God, and there is no other way. A Christianity without holiness is a false way. If it doesn't produce holiness in the individual that has believed those things, then it's, and there are hundreds of scriptures that would point us in that direction. He who has this hope purifies himself. It isn't that you don't have temptations and people don't fall into sins. You you don't have to. And don't be critical of those who say that they don't. <laughs> because people kind of get irritated by people that are holy. Um, but if you have found yourself up, oh, then you get up and you keep going. You purify yourself. You cast that out of your life. Just like you'd clean junk out of your house. Oh, this shouldn't be here out the door. I love going to the dump. <laughs> and yeah, Martin was good, threatened me with getting rid of his dumpster. I said, oh, don't! <laughs> Please, don't get rid of your dumpster. I just... Yeah, there's nothing more satisfying than clearing out a bunch of junk, especially out of my house. I don't mind doing it in other people's houses, but yeah, I just love doing it in my house. And that's the way that we ought to be with things in our lives. Just... In some things takes some effort to get to. I have stuff in my house that, oh, it's just lying there. I just... Because it, it takes effort to clean it out. you got to sort through it. This is good. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And more bad than good. That's what it's like with our lives. Just continue. And I find, ladies, do you need to clean your house once a year? I hope not. It, it just needs continual cleaning. That's... Just the nature of life. Things get dirty with use and you bump up and you're having to live in this world. And, and then you just naturally, things just need cleaning. And that's the way that our lives are. So Christianity is a way of holiness. It's a putting off. that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Deceitful lusts. The world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the oppositions of the, the Christian. So he tells them to put it off and he's going to Um, I just wrote them all down I, I was surprised how many there were lying, anger, wrath stealing, corrupt communication bitterness, evil speaking, malice fornication, uncleanness covetousness, foolish talking jesting, adultery, wasting of time, drunkenness and disobedience that's just in this passage tells them to put it off that's a lot of cleaning and you might say, yeah, I'll, and then you might find, well, that, yeah, that could apply to me. <laughs> uh, but many of these things, we think, okay, I, I don't have that in my life. Don't let it in your life. <clears throat> Keep it outside the door, as we were reminded today. Criticalness. Um, something that is seemingly so small, and yet it's an indicative of what is in our hearts. Hypocrisy. Um, so put those all off and put these on speak the truth have self-control honesty edifying speech forgiveness tenderness kindness purity giving of thanks redeeming the time be filled with the spirit and obey that's what you need to put on It's like putting off a garment and putting on another one. The garments of righteousness we have put on, but we need to be also uh, continually cleansing ourselves. The priests, the Levites, as they walked about, uh, I was reading this morning, Hezekiah called the Levites and the priests to purify themselves because they had left off the temple and the service and devotion to God. And it says that the Levites were more zealous to purify themselves than the priests. But they had to purify themselves, they had to put things off. And for them, it was ceremony. But it was also indicative of a life uh, devoted to God. I never know when I should stop. Five after. Just maybe go a few more verses and then where Martin could uh, kick off the next... so concerning the former conversation the old man let's look at uh, Romans chapter 6 the old man that's not me that's uh, even though yeah I'm uh, laughing or no, no friendly called an old man I can take it yeah I can take it. <clears throat> so put off the old. Thankfully, that isn't me. Put off the old man. <laughs> uh, the Lord said, uh, or David said, Forsake me not when I'm old. Yeah. When I'm feeble. Yeah. Yeah, feeling more every day. <clears throat> this is good news. <clears throat> Verse 6. Romans 6. <clears throat> Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. People would say, well, why is it sin so active? It seems that I can suffer a temptation and then I can fall to that temptation but it doesn't seem like sin is dead in my life. Just like coming to Christ, you come by faith, you walk by faith as well. And you know in your heart that the old man, and then it personifies um, that which is, Temptable, if I could say that, in your life, as a man that was crucified. And that only happened once. <clears throat> and you cannot um, crucify yourself. <clears throat> uh, I think we've heard that before. You could only, at the most, you could nail your feet and you could nail one hand and then you, I don't know how you'd nail this hand, but it, it would be tough, but you might be able to do it. And... Uh, But you have been crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. And it isn't the might is uh, uncertain. It it has been destroyed. That you henceforth should not serve sin anymore. You can cast off sin. Whereas before you could not. Sin would kind of cling to you. If you could get away with one sin, then another one would fill its place. If you could get rid of all sins, then you would have pride. (laughs) And we know what pride is like. Because you'd be proud that you got off this and that sin. You wouldn't be humble, you would be proud. And thus, you would be at the pinnacle of rejection of God. And that's the way it is. But in Christ Jesus... That body of sin, that old man, has been crucified. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death no more hath dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, and in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. There it is, the lusts. The world's corrupted by lust. That's wherein you can war. Apply the sword, the sword of the Spirit. You don't have to obey sin. You can cut it off. Every single Christian... Oh, I came from a bad background and that nonsense. Doesn't matter how bad of a background you came from, you can cast off sin because the old man is crucified. No old man makes it through crucifixion. Every single Christian. Now, you might have, um, yeah, a lot of work to do, whereas this person grew up, he doesn't have all many temptations that you might have. But. You still have the same operation um, going on. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. You're under the reign of grace and righteousness. That is um, by the King, the Lord Jesus. it says then to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and we'll end with this turn to Romans chapter 12 keeping in mind where we're at um, the world walks the gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds and we are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, our inward man. Romans chapter 12, a very common scripture or familiar. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How's that done? No secret. It's the word of God Flowing, uh, flowing across your and into your mind every day, renewing it, washing it. It's and it takes time. And there's no, um, there's no substitute. <clears throat> so those things which rob your time, you can decide. This is a vain thing. I can do without it, and then spend more time in things that are profitable, both for you and for the church of God. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. Those three things, perfect will of God. And we all um, have to labor to that end. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, the truth of it, Lord, and we know that we stand by grace and by faith, and we can look down on no one having known that we have escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. We're no better than any man, any woman. We thank you, Lord, that we stand by faith, by grace, grant us grace, Lord, to let go of those things which are vain, take up our thinking and all manner of things, and devote ourselves to those things which are good and acceptable and perfect, Lord, grant us grace. And to realize those things that we prayed for, Lord, even the salvation of our family members, of strangers, of Loved ones, Lord, we, we look to you. We, we thank you. Make us fruitful and profitable, Lord, for your kingdom. Christ will be glorified. Amen.